Yes, the atomic bomb is terrible. But more terrible still are the effects of atomic mutation. <laughs> I tell you, gentlemen, science has agreed that unless something is done and done quickly, man as the dominant species of life on Earth will be extinct within a year. If a man and an ant were exposed to radiation simultaneously, the result would be terrible indeed. For the result would be Mant. Tonight on Late Night Friday, it's a double feature. Them and Matinee. That's them with an exclamation mark. Exclamation point in the title scares me. You know, it's not just Freud, it's Freud. Here is a wild, headlong flight into terror as the desert erupts with the grim battle for survival. Big damn ants, go! Can you dig it? Welcome, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is the very awesome and very nuclear Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Nuclear, huh? Well, it is kind of the theme of the show tonight, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It is, right? We have a really good show for you this evening. We are going to be talking about the 1954 movie Them. And Faith, that's them with an exclamation mark. Them. Yes, yes. It's like Freud, you know. (laughs) It's not just Freud. It's Freud. Freud. We couldn't resist putting the joke from Friends in the... in the intro there, but uh, it is it is them with an exclamation mark. Yeah. And let me ask you, does the exclamation mark frighten you? Yes. Yeah, it frightens me too. And then we have, uh, not exactly, and this is a booger movie. We got some boogers in this movie. Then we have a movie that is not technically a booger movie, kind of more a comedy family film, uh, but it is kind of about a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it is 1993's Matinee from director Joe Dante starring John Goodman. And before we get into that movie, Faith, you hadn't seen Matinee. You hadn't even heard I of Matinee. Seen movie. Let me say this at the front of this show. Not a lot of people have seen or heard of Matinee, and it's a shame. I think it's a criminal. I had never heard of it until a few months ago when you had it's it it's criminal. It's criminal how many pe- that more people don't know this movie. Now, let me get the uh, quick answer from you. What did you think of 1993's matinee? Oh, I loved it. Isn't it amazing? I didn't want to end. I didn't want to end either. <laughs> it is. It's it's really great. So, um, let me say this at the beginning of the show. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, stop the show. Go watch matinee, and then then you know come, come back, back and join us. Yeah, it's it's really a great movie. Both of these movies are really really wonderful. Mm-hmm. So tonight's show is the first late night fright presented in Atomovision Ooh. and in Rumble Rama. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so we are gonna have some fun tonight. But first, we need to talk about the newest star. In the cavalcade of Cozy Corner Community Radio Stars, if you can call us that (laughs) here at WKMF. So WKMF just hired on uh, a new person. It's not even a person. So Mm -hmm. let me give you the, the rundown on this. There were some nuclear tests in the Pacific, and a tuna fish got irradiated, and the tuna fish is now 
humanoid, but still a tuna fish. And WKMF decided to hire this guy to to have his own show here on WKMF. We're going to be running bumpers for it tonight. And uh, our good friend Bobby, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright, he is actually going to be interviewing uh, this guy. And his name, <sighs> Faith, you want to you want to tell him what his name is? His name is Pat the Tuna. Pat the Tuna. Mm-hmm. And that's what she said. So, yeah, they they didn't check this guy out too well beforehand. And it turns out that he's a total perv. Mm-hmm. He's a total, total skeezy pervert. And now we have to work with him because he has a radio show here on WKMF. So I'm pretty sure the complaint lines are going to be wide open tonight. Probably if, so. Yeah, because, oh, I, I haven't, I've only heard part of one of these bumpers. Have you heard them? Mm-mm. Yeah. Great. This is, this uh. is going to be great. Bobby, but it made, they made, they made Bobby blush. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So. That says a lot. So Pat the Tuna, welcome to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. So before we go to break, uh, Faith, I want to float a little idea I've had by you. Right. How familiar are you with the show Murder, She Wrote? Um, I know about it. I Angela, it, but Angela Lansbury. I, I, have, I know the gist plays of it. Jessica Fletcher, uh, you know, mystery writer, and she gets in all kinds of crazy adventures. Now, let me tell you why I've watched so much Murder, She Wrote recently. You know, Faith... We live in pretty divisive times, don't we? Yes. We, we really do. And, you know, you, you're out there. You're listening. You know what we're talking about. You know. You know what's going on out there. You know there's a lot of voices yelling loudly. And it's not just about politics. It's about a whole lot of things. And, you know, and, and if you don't agree with someone, you're awful is what they say. You know, and I like to get away from that because I don't believe in that. And we don't believe in that here on, on the Late Night Fright, do we, Faith? We do not. So... A lot of times I just I'll have on the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries channel because it's comforting Mm -hmm. and they show a lot of murder she wrote on the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries channel. Why does that make me laugh? I don't know because it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. So Jessica Fletcher, she's a uh, mystery writer and she gets in all these crazy adventures and solves these crimes everywhere that she goes while she's on book tours and doing interviews or just on vacation or whatever. Kind of like Miss Marple, you know, from Agatha Christie. We we love Agatha Christie Mm -hmm. here. Um, so I have a theory on this show because one person cannot get that entangled in so many murders if she's not part of the police force and she's not part of the police Mm -hmm. force. So are you ready for my grand theory on murder? She wrote, I'm ready. Jessica Fletcher played Mm -hmm. by Angela Lansbury is committing those murders Mm -hmm. just to keep her name in the papers and to sell books. That is very clever. I believe that she is a psycho sociopath on the level of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Well, okay. All right. Does this make sense to you? Sure. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it. Okay. It's a very clever... It, when you watch the show, keep this in mind. Out there, if, if you've ever watched Murder, She Wrote, you know what I'm talking about. It's there. Oh, it's there, people. Jessica Fletcher. You know, I didn't prepare Booger of the Week this week, but mm-hmm. Jessica Fletcher, played by <laughs> Angela Lansbury, is our Booger of the Week. She's out there killing those poor people. And Faith, you know what? What? This is why I'm a Matlock guy. We have a good show tonight. It's going to be a fun show. Faith, this is a good one, right? It is. We're going to have a lot of fun. So thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world. We certainly appreciate you coming to visit us for a little while here in Cozy Corner. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Atomovision. 
Hey, WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio proudly presents Pat the Tuna and Pat Goes to the Farm. Hey, is this a farm? Why, yes it is. Could you show me the chickens? They're my chickens right there. Wow, those are some huge cocks. I haven't seen cocks that big since I worked in the adult entertainment industry in San Francisco. Tune in to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio for a patatuna. It's my name and what you should do. Welcome back, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And Faith, the phone lines are lighting up, and that is mm-hmm. indeed the complaint line. What did you think of the Pat the Tuna bumper that WKMF put together for us? We did not put that together. That is not ours. And apparently everyone is very upset about that. We just do what we're told here. Right. Yeah. I, all I have to say is Wow. Well, you know what? I'm feeling kind of brave tonight, so why don't we go ahead and maybe take one of these? Because if we just get it out of the way now, address some concerns, then maybe this will all just blow over. Agreed. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. <sighs> should we say a rosary or something beforehand? <laughs> we should be pray, fine. Pray to a higher power. We'll be fine. All right, here we go. You are on the late night fright here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. What is on your mind tonight? Hey guys, it's uh, your old buddy uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, just calling in with a complaint. Hey Harrison, how's it going? Apparently, you know, Faith, finally, you know, Harrison, I think, is upset about this Pat the Tuna thing. I'm upset about the Pat the Me Tuna too. thing. I, I didn't want to play that. And finally, I think, you know, he's been on the show before and he, he doesn't look very favorably on us. And. <laughs> You know, I think finally we're on the same page. You know, Harrison, if you're upset about Pat the Tuna, I just want you to know that we are in your corner, buddy. No, I'm not really upset about Pat the Tuna. It's, uh... How could you say that about Murder, She Wrote? Have you ever even seen Murder, She Wrote? Yes, Harrison, I've seen Murder, She Wrote, and I stand I stand by my assessment of the show. I think that Jessica Fletcher is an evil, vile woman who is killing all those people just to keep her name in the papers. Wait, wait a second. So you're not upset about Pat the Tuna? No, I think yeah, of course you do. You've never seen Murder, She Wrote. Hey, Harrison. Whatever. Well, that's a way to start the show, isn't it, Faith? Yep. Only in Cozy Corner. They're not upset about Pat the Perverted Tuna. No, it's it's my thought on Murder, She Wrote, of course. So let's get into it. Uh, we are talking about the 1954 creature feature, Them, with an exclamation mark. Faith, what did you think? of this 1954 creature feature. I loved it so much. I think it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you picked it. Were you familiar with this movie at all nope. before? And so you hadn't, you hadn't heard of it. I Now, I had seen the movie when I was maybe 8, 9, 10 years old. I hadn't seen it in 30 years easy. So this was almost like a uh, reintroduction to the It was not a reintroduction. It was a reintroduction <laughs> to the movie. You get thrown off your game when he calls so early in the show. I, I mean, it's, it's so terrible. Um 
So let's give a little background on them. Them was yeah. directed by Gordon Douglas from a screenplay by Ted Sherdeman and Russell Hughes. The original story was by George Worthing Yates and the film starred James Whitmore, Edmund Gwynn, Joan Weldon, and James Arness. A couple of those names are very big. I'm going to give you a little background on them in just a second. The film was released by Warner Brothers on June 19th, 1954, so this movie just celebrated its 65th birthday. So James Whitmore is most famous to modern audiences for The Shawshank Redemption. He played Brooks, the older librarian in that film. Uh, Edmund Gwynn uh, should be uh, pretty well known to most people. Uh Maybe you didn't recognize him in this movie, but he played Santa Claus in the original Miracle on 34th Street, for which he won an Academy Award. And James Arnest, Booger Movie Hall of Fame. Before he was on the long-running TV show Gunsmoke, he played the thing from another world in the 1951 movie. So you got some uh, you got some pedigree here working. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as we said, this movie just turned 65 years old. How do you think this movie holds up for a senior citizen, Faith? I think it holds up really well. I'm actually, um, it's kind of hard to believe that it's 65 years old. Isn't it? Really, it really is. I mean, even Isn't though it's it? a black and white movie, it's still just, it's so crisp and clean and just looks it so It felt fresh. very new, didn't it? Did. It felt, it, it uh, a big part of that, I believe, is the effects. The effects really hold up. Um, it's it's a wonderful movie to watch. It's oh, it's it. and it's not a nostalgia piece either. It, this there's no hokiness in this movie, Mm-mm. and we're gonna we get a little into the into the structure of this film. Um, a lot of times when we get into these film discussions here, uh, we talk about the themes of the movies, and sometimes we have to dig kind of deep and look at some things that are happening under the surface. This one not so much. This one it wears it right out there on its sleeve and they even say it right at <laughs> right at the end of the movie uh, in case you missed it. And the quote goes something like this. When man entered the atomic age, he opened the door to a new world. What he may eventually find in that new world, nobody can predict. So this movie is uh, it's not only said it was made nine years after the two atomic bombs were dropped on Japan. And this is something that the film makes a point of stating uh, horror movies and science fiction. They always have this way of being able to address things that are going on in the respective time in which they're made. Star Trek masterful at this, mm-hmm. but you can see it in all the great works and uh, television and in, and in movies. They have a way of just sneaking those those ideas in, 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 in there. And this one, as we said, doesn't sneak it in, but this is definitely a movie of its time. This is one of the first uh, bug movies. It's one of the first creature features due to nuclear radiation, which is a big running theme here. And they, they do explicitly state that this was because of the testing of the atomic bombs that these giant eight foot ants uh, or nine foot ants, you know, came into existence. And, and that's the quick, we should give a quick synopsis of the movie. Uh, ants are loose and they have to stop them. <laughs> giant irradiated ants are out. Faith, do you have anything to add to that synopsis? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think I hit the nail on the head, right? <laughs> so these giant nine-foot irradiated ants are out there creating havoc. Uh, do you see this film as a warning or a reaction to the atomic age? Maybe something of both? I would say both. I definitely, It's definitely a reaction, I think. you know. But as far as the warning aspect of it, I don't know that, you know, unless they were, they were worried about, you know, the atom. You know, we talked about the Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. and Stan Lee and, and how we were fearful of the power of the atom. And this movie, I think, addresses that in a uh, serious way, but kind of a fun way, too. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. Um, so a great musician, he once told me that to really appreciate any work of art, you really have to look at the time it was made in and if possible, what came before it and what came afterwards. This to me is a very important film in the horror genre because this is the first big bug movie, as I mentioned, and one of the first nuclear monster movies. There's going to be a slew of them after this, but this to me is maybe the best of that lot, except for one I'm going to mention here in a minute. Uh, we start moving away here from the monsters of the 30s and 40s, you know, the great Karloff, Lugosi features. Now we're getting in the big bugs and creatures and things like that. And this is what's what's scary to people. The mm-hmm. power of the atom has been unleashed. Um, what do you think of this genre, the creature feature? Because this is this is something that's 50s related. This is mm-hmm. 50s and 60s specific. I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's awesome. Um, I haven't seen too many creature features like this so i kind of want to see like want to jump in and see do you mean the older the older creature features can you see now what's some creature features that you that you're oh i can't even think of any off the top of my head um because i know i know we were talking about one the other day i can't remember what exactly it was we should start making notes of our text messages (laughs) (laughs) i know i haven't seen too many so this is definitely i think a good um i think the movie in general being the first that creature feature like that is they knocked it out the park did. they set a bar pretty high and this genre would descend into some self-parody uh as you can imagine the the uh potential for for camp is pretty high in this genre now one of the things i really admire about this movie is how grounded it is we're looking at mm-hmm. Uh, eight. I can't remember if they're eight or nine. They're eight eight foot ants. I have a note right here of it. <laughs> and how serious was this? Because you're thrown into this movie. I love the way this set up. The first thirty minutes of this movie to me are are very tight. I mm-hmm. think this is some of the tightest scripting, directing, and staging I've ever seen. Because you get yeah. thrown right into this. There's a little girl walking in the desert. The state police, Ben, uh, played by Whitmore, uh, comes upon them in New Mexico. And then you're trying to figure out what happened to her and there's something strange going on and you don't know what it is until about 30 minutes into the movie. So for the first 30 minutes, you're with this state trooper and then the James Arnest character who plays the FBI agent trying to figure out what is going mm-hmm. on. And it I could imagine. Could you imagine audiences in 1954 being absolutely terrified of this? Yeah, I, I could. Mm-hmm. I could. And I'm going to make a note, a point here. 2019, we watched this movie. Those ants are terrifying. I know. Now, now, yes, they look like you know special effects from the time, but they're very good special effects from the time. And toward the end of the movie, though, when they start picking people up, it, it's pretty terrifying. I mean, I was thinking Jaws, the way you know yeah. it, it uh, was using the mandibles there at the end, and. Um, but I, you know, it, it's amazing. I would love to talk to someone. Uh, you know, about that. I couldn't, and I was kind of going through some friends and family and couldn't find anybody, you know, who could address that. But, you know, if they were terrified of this, because they do present this as completely serious, this is not played for laughs or for, uh, you know, giggles or schlock value as we're going to, as we're going to see in the next movie that we're going to talk about where you can play these things for schlock value. So this was still a very serious, um, Serious concern, and and rightfully so. I'm not going to lie; it's still a serious concern. The uh, the power of the atom that we that we live under. Um, so it, it feels completely grounded to you. Oh, absolutely. It to me, yeah. It never descends into camp, and maybe it's because it's the first one. I don't I don't know, but this 
the people who made this were very good. That's the right. thing. This is a high quality. Yeah, they they were making a good scary mm-hmm. movie and addressing some concerns. So, uh, with that said, can you see this movie's the influence of this movie on some modern films? Uh, and also, do you think this is still relevant? I think it's relevant. Yeah. You mentioned something uh, again. We need to start noting these text conversations. What What were you thinking when you were watching the movie? You I was men- actually thinking two things, and you mentioned one earlier: Star Trek. I kind of I feel like Star Trek ish. And we need to make a note that uh, there is an appearance yes. uh, by a pretty. Pretty famous Star Trek actor. Yes. You, you Mr. love Spock. him. Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. Nimoy. You texted me. You said, make sure you, you see him. And I saw him. <laughs> right. The other thing, uh, I texted you as I got an Indiana Jones feel. Definitely bit. an indie feel to it, right? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull mm-hmm. feel, especially. And I know some of you listening out there, you have some pretty strong opinions on the Crystal Skull. And we're going to do that movie one day. But I almost said we should do a double feature of this in Crystal Skull because of the big damn ants, yeah. you know, scene. Yeah. But um, definitely. Uh, what about Aliens? Did yeah, you, I can Aliens. See that. Yeah. And uh, I I got a uh, Battle of Los Angeles feel. Uh, uh, Terminator that. 2. Uh, Terminator 2 just because of where they were in the uh, L.A. reservoir there mm-hmm. uh, at the end, which they actually filmed in. That wasn't they, – they were actually on location for that. So – I can, yeah, you can definitely see the influence. And not only can you see the influence on films today, but you can see the influence on guys who are working, you know, today. A guy like Joe Dante, who right. directed Matinee, said straight up in an interview that, you know, he loved the monster movies. And he says Them is one of his favorite movies yeah. that he ever saw. And I think when we talk about Matinee, you're going to see why, uh, you know, how that love is kind of uh, put onto the celluloid there in Matinee. So um, you made a great point, though. This doesn't feel like an old movie, does it? Mm-mm. Not at all. I said it's hard to believe it's 65 years old. It, it definitely, feels like it, a newer movie it does. made black and white. It, re- it really does. Really sharp transfer uh, movie sharp. made today. You know, it just happens to be in black and white. Now, do you still think that this film is relevant? You know, because a lot of science fiction will go out of vogue. You know, theories oh, change and things think, like that. I, I think so. I think it is. Yeah. I think anytime we have some kind of power that yeah. uh, uh, we say we can control, we can't control that. Not we think we do, you know, <laughs> and it's not just that it's, it's other things as well. Um, this is just a really great movie. I was impressed by how good this was. And the reason I, I, and I'll, I'll we're going to say it, I paired, I picked this movie. I mm-hmm. picked this one. And I paired it with matinee. I figured them. It's so just in your face of what it's about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You can't really do an hour on it or 30 right. minutes as, as we do. And uh, so I wanted to pair it with something, and you know, there's some obvious you know choices you could pair it with, but I thought matinee would be a good kind of juxtaposition because it's actually about that time period right. in, in movies in that time. But uh, this this movie just like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. I was very impressed watching it. Now, with that said, it falls flat. It it, it, it flattens a little in the little middle bit. section. Um, but it picks up there at the mm-hmm. end. And if you've never seen this movie, seriously, uh, rent it digitally. Your public library has it. Trust me. I've seen it at, at my at my local library here in Cozy Corner. Um, and the only thing I'm upset about with it is that I waited 30 years to watch it again, that I this wasn't in a regular rotation because it just – like you said, it just it's it's really great, and it it's is. and it's really. I'm very glad you picked it. I I'm 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 glad I picked it too because I this was great. I and seriously, get some friends together and watch this movie. Yeah. This because this is not a B movie. This is an A list picture from from that era. I, tr- I tried to get my uh, my sister to watch it, but you know what threw her off? 
The black and white? The sound the ants are making. She's like, it's turn great, it off, isn't my it? ears are killing me. It's great, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so this this movie here, this is considered one of the great American science fiction movies of the 50s. Uh, I consider it to be one of the great science fiction movies of the 50s. Joe Dante considers it to be one of the great science fiction movies of the 50s. And as far as giant creature movies... <laughs> I put it behind only one, and of course we know there's only one King of the Monsters. Faith, you know who that is, don't you? Godzilla. Godzilla. And the only reason I put Godzilla ahead of this, well, I think Godzilla is a better movie, just a tad, but Godzilla coming from Japan and coming directly from the aftermath and addressing that, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty heavy stuff. And we're going to get to the original Godzilla at some point here when we do another creature. That might be our next creature feature, Godzilla from the 54, be. because it's... Have you ever seen the original Black I've and White? It's it. amazing. And it. it does a great job of addressing these things that we're talking about. And that one actually is, like, you can do that one by itself because it's heartbreaking There's the way, you know, because they, they address it. Yeah, the Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki, and and it's heartbreaking, and and you know, it's yeah. in the past though. So hopefully we can learn from the past and move forward into something better. Absolutely, yeah, we're hoping to do that. So let's get into it here, uh, as we do here on the late night fright. We do favorites. Faith, uh, I don't have any any notes here. Just just favorites. Anything that you I had a favorite quote? Do you have any favorite quotes? Uh, the one that I read, the one about the uh, the atomic age and and what you know the kind of theme of the movie. Um, what do you have? I had when Dr. Medford was speaking to the, I think it was the police officers, and he said, uh, we may be witnesses to a biblical prophecy come true. Yes. And there shall be destruction and darkness come upon creation. And, and the, what is this? What does the rest of it say? Because I apparently can't type. <laughs> <laughs> no, I that's a, you, you get what I'm getting at. It was at a here. very Dan Aykroyd uh, moment. What, yeah. Did it remind you of Ghostbusters yes. just a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I right. Like, I, I like that quote a lot. Right. I uh, I like that movie. I like the way that the investigation is handled. I me too. And let me throw this out because you know we were talking about uh, Clarice Starling and men and women last week and misogyny and women in the female world. What did you think about the way that the uh, the the female scientist was handled in this movie? Because I think they did a wonderful job handling that. You know, you can tell if the guys like her. They didn't mm-hmm. blatantly hit on her. Um, respected her as a professional. What did, what did you think no, of her portrayal? I'm right there with you. I, I liked her a lot. I liked that they, um, what is it, she wanted to go into the nest. They were kind of concerned at yes. first, but they never... They didn't um, stop her. They didn't stop her. And, and and they didn't try to talk her out of it. It was just kind of like, are you sure you want right. to do this? Uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that was done very well. And the relationship with her dad, mm-hmm. I think, was really well done. Uh, I like the way the scientists were portrayed in this. I like the way they went on their investigation. Me too. I, I just, like I said, I like the way this whole movie unfolds. I, I like so much about this movie. And the reason it falls flat is just because you get into some investigation and it just kind of becomes a little redundant, right. I think. But then it really picks up. Um I, I really like the creatures. I like the design on the creatures, and I like the uh, the way that they're presented. And I just got that alien vibe watching, you know, when they go in. You know, the only thing missing was Sigourney Weaver and that loader, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, fighting the queen. And she would have fit right in in this, I yeah. think, in this movie. So, I uh, like I said, this is a high recommendation for me. And, you know, we didn't get too deep. I don't think there's a lot to get into with no. it because it's there right on the surface. Yeah. But... If you haven't watched this movie, please watch it. If it's been a while, watch it again. And as always, drop us a line. We'd love to know what you think about the 1954 movie, Them. 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 Not Them. Does the exclamation mark make this a better movie? Yes. I think it does, too. I think it does, too. You know, they just need a little sugar. 
Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all they need. <laughs> so we are going to take a break. And unfortunately, we do have another Pat the Tuna bumper. So I'm sure we'll be hearing your phone calls, your complaints sure when we get back from the break. But when we get back from the break, we are going to be discussing a gem of a movie. I think it's a gem. 1993's Joe Dante directed John Goodman starring film Matinee. How much do you love this one, Faith? I love it. I'm ready to get into it. Me too. I'm Dan. And I'm Faith. And we will see you on the other side. KMF Cozy Corner Public Radio proudly presents Pat the Tuna Goes Out West. Hey, excuse me, do you have any 20-gallon hats? Sorry, sir, we only have 10-gallon hats. I really need a 20-gallon hat. Why do you need a 20-gallon hat? To cover my huge wang. Ew! Tune in to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio for a Patatuna. It's my name and what you should do. Welcome back, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And Faith was just making fun of me. So, uh, full disclosure here, you know, can be a bad boy at times, uh, trying to get off of uh, (laughs) cigarettes. And I just got a vape pen, and Faith uh, says that it looks like a USB port. It does. And it really does. Um, I'm not a fan of that. She's not a fan of it, but she's a fan of me getting off of uh, getting off of regular cigarettes, right? Yes, so yeah, the uh, the Jewel vape pen does indeed look like a USB port. But Faith, why are you reserving your wrath for my Jewel USB <laughs> vape pen when we just heard Pat the Tuna goes west coming from WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio? It it's truly. It's truly awful. I don't know what they were thinking. He's a perverted tuna. But I really don't know what's more terrible. Is that jewel pen you have or half the tuna? Uh, It's it's a (laughs) toss-up, right? Well, I'll tell you what. The people of Cozy Corner, they're they're not upset about the jewel vape pen. They are upset (laughs) about Pat the Tuna because the complaint line is lighting has been lighting up. But it it started to lighten up after that Pat goes west. And uh, Faith, you want to go ahead and take one of these phone calls? Let's go for it. All right. The last one, you, well, you know, you were here for it. You, I was here. You heard him. I heard him. More upset about murder. what I said about murder, <laughs> she wrote, than, than he was about Pat the Tuna. So, you know, I'm not a prude. You know me. I'm not a prude. No. I mean, I have a good sense of humor. It's just, come on. That's, that's, it's, it's rotten. So, all right, here we go. You are on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio with the Late Night Fright. What is on your mind tonight? Hey, y'all. It's Shasta calling. Hey, Shasta Wick, wife of Todd. Uh-huh, the, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. How's it going, Shasta? 
Uh, I'm a little upset right now. Are you upset about Pat the Tuna? Oh, no. I pat my tuna all the time. Well, I'm, oh, a, I'm upset with you, Dan, about your murder she wrote comment. No, no. Jessica Fletcher is. She's a, she's a no, narcissistic no, sociopath. Uh-uh. Have, no, seriously. Stupid. What, have you ever seen the show, Shasta? No. Mm-hmm. Also, uh-huh. mm-hmm. why didn't you come and buy a vape pen from our shop? Because you guys sell those big tanks, and I didn't want a big tank. I could have, like, customized something for you or something. You would have, then you would have tried to, like, feed me a whole hog and all that. So? I'm telling you, Shasta, you remember when also, we watched... Also, I'd like to get you a leather jacket soon. Leather vest, excuse me. I'm, I'm not a leather vest kind of guy, Shasta. Yeah, mm-hmm. Do you remember when we watched Basic Instinct? Mm-hmm. See, I think Jessica Fletcher, Angela Lansbury's character from Murray Road, is just as bad as Catherine Tremell. I think that's what Who? she's doing, Shasta. Sharon Stone? Uh, so, but you're just for the record, you're not upset about Pat the tuna. No, like I said, Pat my tuna all the time. All right, you have a good night, Shasta. Faith, what is going on around here? I have no idea. Did she just say that she pats her tuna? <laughs> this is <laughs> that's I, what I heard. Yeah, she's not upset about that. The perverted tuna I'm that's shocked. that's that's taken over the airwaves here at WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. No, no, she's upset about the jewel USB looking. I can vape get, pen. I can get that. I mean. Yeah, thank you. She thank owns you, a vape shop. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Amazon. You know, they have all those drones. They're going to be controlling the world before we know it, right? Yes. So let's get into something else. That's what she said. Thank you. Faith, we have a movie about movies to talk about. Mm-hmm. 1993's criminally underrated and somewhat forgotten matinee starring John Goodman and directed by the great Joe Dante. Joe Dante is, of course, a director of such movies as The Howling, Piranha. He did a segment in the Twilight Zone film. And his biggest claim to fame is, of course, Gremlins and Gremlins 2. This movie is, this is a lot of things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So let's give a little short synopsis here because uh, this I didn't put that in the notes, but for people out there who might not know what it is, this is a movie set in 1962, and it's about a schlockmeister played by John Goodman who is really based on William Castle. And uh, Faith, you, you got familiar with William Castle doing the research for this. And William Castle... Did uh, movies like Thirteen Ghosts and The Haunting of Hill House and and some really great booger movies and uh, one called Mister Sardonicus, which is which is great. I got the great opportunity to watch Mister Sardonicus on the Svengooly show a few months ago, and great fun. And he would do all kinds of gags and gimmicks to get people into the theater. Part of it was a uh, a movie. Part of it was a theater going experience. Part of it was magic show. He would do things like having skeletons fly fly above the uh, the audience, you know, and uh, buzzers in the seats and that kind of thing, and, and just all in good fun, right. you know. Um, it sounds like fun. Showman, master showman, and uh, William Castle. He directed some schlock. He he directed <laughs> some some schlock. And Robert Zemeckis, uh, the Academy Award winning director of What Lies Beneath, says that William Castle is his favorite filmmaker. And he's uh, remade, produced some remakes of, of his work. But uh, William Castle is a pretty important figure in horror. We're going to get into, we're going to do a William Castle double feature at some time because he worked uh, a lot with Vincent Price and might do something like The Tingler and The Haunting of Hill House or something. The Tingler, the Tingler yes. Ooh, I've never heard of that. Ooh, great B movie fun, Faith. It's definitely on the list now. So um, John Goodman, uh, Lawrence Wolsey is uh, kind of a, 
uh, takeoff, not a takeoff, but uh, not quite biographical of William Castle, but he's in that same vein. And what he's doing is he's bringing a movie. <laughs> and uh, he's, <laughs> he's previewing a movie in 1962 in Key West and during the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. And Faith, would you like to say what the name of the movie is? I'm going to give you the great honor of saying the name of John Goodman's movie in this film. Please, my friend, this is, this is indeed a great honor because... I want to say the name of the movie, but I'm going to let you do it. This one has an exclamation point, too, right? This one also has an exclamation mark. Mant. (laughs) Mant. Very very dramatic. Half man, half ant. Mant. All terror. (laughs) All terror. And it is just a complete schlock picture about a guy who turns into an ant and mayhem ensues. But... um. That's that's kind of the synopsis of the movie. It's about a group of kids in the preview of this movie. So the first act is kind of the setup of the Cuban Missile Crisis, and he comes to town, and the second act is really kind of about getting ready for the show and uh, the kids in this movie. There's some great kids mm-hmm. in this movie, wonderful coming-of-age story. And then the last act of this movie is about the showing of... <laughs> go ahead, Faith, say it. Mant. Mant. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Half man, half ant. All, All terror. <laughs> so... Um, I, I already know the answer to this. I think the people out there listening already know the answer to this. Faith, what did you think of 1993's matinee? Oh, God, I love this movie. <laughs> I didn't want it to end when I was watching it at all. And and one of the, one of the for me, the, the joys of this show, now you've picked movies, and this is, you know, we pick movies together on this show, but you're, uh, you're young, you're in your early 20s, and you haven't seen as many movies as I have. That's just the way it kind of <laughs> has rolled, right? Right. And... Uh, Part of our friendship has always hinged on we get together to watch movies, and you'll ask to for me to pick some movies, right? And mm-hmm. this is kind of where this show started. So uh, some of these movies are very well-known movies that you haven't seen, and it's great getting to see them through your eyes, someone seeing them for the first time. I don't hold it against you for not having seen this movie because not a lot of people saw this movie when it came out in January of 93. It was made for, I think, $13 million, made $9 million back, and does have a really devoted cult following, very devoted following because of Joe Dante, and plus the fact that it's a great movie. But I still don't think that this movie is as well-known as it could or should be. But but you loved it. I did. I did. I I think there's just so much lovely stuff going on here. It's a lot of fun. A lot of lot of fun. Uh, one hand, it's a coming of age story, and then on the other, it's a story of America in this very critical junction. We were talking about the this is the atomic age. We were talking about with yeah. them. This is it in full bloom. The the threat of nuclear war, and it never got more real than it did. You know, in 1962 with the Cuban Missile Crisis, right. it never got that real. Again, uh, what what is this movie about to you? What is what does this speak to you? I think it you? truly is about movies and how movies can affect things about yourself or you know things that are happening in the world and right how you can the power how they make you feel yeah the literal power of film yeah and, and Joe Dante uh, his movies always have that bent his movies are always about movies it kind of seems mm-hmm. and have a cartoonish bent to them because he's a huge fan he's an animator himself and he's a fan of the looney tunes he's from new jersey and he there's a lovely interview with him where his father was a professional golfer and he didn't write this movie but they moved around a lot and so he got it the kid in the movie is an army brat 
and, or Navy bred, I should say, and they move around a lot. He said he really identified with, with this. And for me, it's a coming of age story. It's coming of age for America. I think there's a loss of innocence here because this happens. This get, It doesn't get any more real than this. Right. And then Vietnam happens a few years later after this. And, and they allude to Vietnam in this movie with that last shot of that helicopter. And I think it's very... Um, it gave me goosebumps, you know, because that's what yeah. I was thinking. It was like the ending of American Graffiti in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for me. But it's coming-of-age story of America, but it's also the coming-of-age of these kids. And I was that kid with that room. I had the <laughs> posters up on my wall. I I didn't specifically have the monster magazines, but at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was into monster movies and old movies and, and was into these things. So when I see this kid's room, it wasn't that I went, oh, that was my room, but I went, that eh, could have been my that. So could have been my room and and the things that he was into. And I I think it's just a valentine to that time. I think it's a valentine to William Castle. I think it's a valentine to monster movies, to schlock. How much do you love monster movies? Because I love monster movies. Oh, and we love. talked about one just now that we both love. And you could, can you tell Joe Dante loves yes, them? absolutely. Did I say I it correctly? What? Or is it more? No, is it? Didn't. Go ahead. It's them. There it is. <laughs> um, he... He's a director and a cartoonist and one of the great figures in horror movies. And to me, one of the great figures in movies. Uh, he also did, before I forget, Looney Tunes Back in Action, a movie I very much enjoy. There's always a sense of zaniness to to things that he does. And as outlandish and cartoonish as this gets, uh, especially in the third act, it really kind of gets out there. Does this feel very heartfelt to you? Does this feel like a very personal movie to Joe Dante? Yeah, I think so. This Absolutely. this feels like I don't care how much money this makes. Right. I have just, this movie needs to, to be made. Exactly. Right. It's so lovely and it's and you know, we love the horror movies. We love obviously we love horror movies. We're doing a show on horror movies, but No, I hate, we hate them. It's so nice to do a movie that is so sweet like this. Mm-hmm. That's that's a little something different. This is a, this is kind of a change up for us here. And uh, I'm so glad we got to do this and, and you got to see this movie. So let's talk about Lawrence Woolsey. He's played by John Goodman. Uh, who is this guy and do you like him? Oh, I love him. <laughs> let's talk about John Goodman first. You, uh, John Goodman, I mean, I think everybody out there knows who John Goodman yeah. is. And he has some booger movie credentials. I mean, he's been in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And he's mm-hmm. John Goodman can do anything. He yeah. is... Uh, an actor. He's also a hell of a singer. I can attest to that. Uh, he's done some work with the Blues Brothers and, and holds his own with that band. And uh, he's done stage work, uh, just anything you can think of, television, stage and screen. He's done it all and always kind of effortless. He's always that yeah. guy. He's like Gene Hackman to me. He's the guy who's always great. It doesn't matter if it's crap. He's he's always great. Yeah. And uh, what do you think of uh, – you like Goodman. I'm a huge fan. You have a favorite Goodman – Goodman. I mean, I think for a lot of people, it's the Big Lebowski. You know, that's that's kind of kind of the go to <laughs> these days. Uh, for me, it's a, it's always been a toss up between the Big Lebowski and this movie. And I think he's wonderful. I was going to say movie. after watching this movie, what? Uh, so let's talk about Lawrence Lawrence Woolsey. It'd be really easy to call him a con man, mm-hmm. you know, because he's behind. He's behind in his payments, but the thing about him is he's an independent producer, and I like that about him yeah. because we're independent here, right? Yes. And uh, even though we're getting Pat the Tuna thrust upon <laughs> us <laughs> by WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, but um, 
I get the impression that he really wants to entertain people. He really wants to too. give them a genuinely good time at the movies. I feel like movies. he's very passionate about it. It's not just like, oh, I want to make money. What can I do to make money? I think he really has he, passion he doing want this. Those faces, as he says at one point in this movie, where he says, when you look out and you see those faces, remember, you did that. You know, yes. He is really passionate. That's right. He's a man of great passion. Yep. And uh, one of my favorite moments in any movie is in this film when he talks about the first monster movie and he has this beautiful soliloquy about primitive man coming out of the cave. And I've always said that, uh, great movies, great stories are things, you know, you could tell Star Wars around a campfire and it's a great movie. You tell Elm street around a campfire. It's a great story, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and he talks about men in the cave, cavemen. And he saw, you know, the, uh, the big, what do they call the big elephants? It's the mammoth. Yeah. And he painted it on the cave wall. And there's this beautiful thing where he talks about going into the movie theater and walking up the steps and in the dark. And you're committed at that point. And you go in alone and you go, what do you have for me? And I have felt like that for the majority of my life that I go into a movie theater, at least used to be, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, that there was a sense of, you know, I'm he- you're here for me. I'm here for, you know, what mm-hmm. are we going to talk about today? Uh, I I think he genuinely cares. I and so I too. get it in that soliloquy and in his uh, speech to the troops when he's talking to all the people at the theater. I think he genuinely <laughs> believes this. And I also think in this kind of roundabout way, he's a stand-in for America at this time. You know, there's an, optim- there's yeah. an optimism still to it. Absolutely. You know, and I love America. I know you love America. You know, we, we are unabashedly pro America. You know, we don't always get it right, but we try. And I think that's part of this movie, too. Yeah. You know, he's a great, great character. Um, you like him. I love him. I absolutely adore Lawrence I Wolsey. I adore the movie that he made, too. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Mant. Um, I don't feel like that was dramatic enough, Daniel. I'm sorry. Mant. <laughs> There it is. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Mant. So it's about a guy who, uh, we put it in the beginning in the bumper, a guy who he gets uh, irradiated at the same time as Ant does and their DNA mixes up. It's a completely awful movie. It's hokey and terrible. Faith, how much did you love Mant? I want to see Mant. I think it's a crime that we haven't gotten Mant before. And it was making me chuckle and smile and the whole movie made me chuckle and smile, me but too. I want to see Mant. I do too. So, uh, in them, we saw one of the first movies <laughs> dealing with the atomic age. Here we have a movie coming out, uh, set against the backdrop of one of the critical junctures of the atomic age. Uh, what does this movie say to you about the place of horror movies and the effect that they have on us? I think they're important to a lot of people. I think that uh, some things in horror films can be relatable to some people and. Some stuff's not, but I think people like to be scared and know that they can go home alive. And, you know, I think they help process fears. I I think it helps process fears. Mm -hmm. I think it helps you on your journey. And as he says in the movie, um, people who close their eyes don't get the benefit Mm -hmm. because you survive that mammoth attack, as he says. The guy knows he's alive and he Mm -hmm. appreciates it. And horror movies, isn't it better to have your fear put in one place than out in the real world? Yes. You know, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare from 1994 does a great job of talking about the effect horror movies has on kids. And we're going to talk about that when we do some more Freddy. But, uh, this movie I think has just as much to say, you know, uh, what's worse Mant on the screen or the, the, uh, Russians park in nuclear warheads. The world's a scary place Yeah. and horror movies are fun yeah. and, and help. And can help. Yeah. And 
I uh, I think the horror movie has a place and will always have a place. And I just want to say it right here on the show in case no one knows. I love horror movies. <laughs> I don't think anybody had any idea. So what's worse to you, a schlocky creature or, like I said, nuclear warheads part 90 miles you know, off the coast? Uh, uh, Mant is is more fun to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is a generation, too, as we said, you know, uh, it's going to be dealing with social upheaval. And so, as he says, they get a preview of the coming attractions. And, and there it is. So... Um, which would you rather? Let's talk about the theater experience here. The William Castle, Lawrence Woolsey experience of having fun in the theater or uh, the cookie cutter experience that we have today. And I, we talked about this on one of the episodes. I think it was maybe our second episode or maybe the Batman Returns episode, the modern theater experience. We don't like the modern theater mm-hmm. experience. Um, I'm all for the William Castle experience. <laughs> I am too. There's a homey quality to that. Um, I think at the end of the day, he was onto something because we all want to be part of that experience. Mm-hmm. And this is why these movies speak to us, you know, movies like Matinee and Elm Street and them, them, them. still them. And, and Star Wars and Silence of the Lambs. Um, so I asked it already, but uh, there's a there's a follow up question here. How much do you want to see Matt <laughs> and his possible follow up Galligator? <laughs> I want to see both so bad. I want to see all of the movies that the Dr. Diablo, I think, was one of them. There was another one I can't remember, but uh, just wonderful schlock, awful, <laughs> awful schlock that Sven Gulli would play on his show. And uh, I mentioned Sven Gulli earlier. And uh, if you don't watch the Sven Gulli show, he shows a lot of stuff like Matt. And it's so much fun. And uh, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I hope it, it came through here with both of us because it, it is worth an hour and a half of it your time. Really There's is. some lovely coming of age stuff with the boys as a young boy. I, it brought me back to being 12 years old. Uh, as we do here, always uh, favorites, faith favorites from this from this movie. What did you like? And let me add too, uh, before we get into it, uh, one of my favorites is a score by Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith is one of the great uh, mm-hmm. masters of the genre, and his score here was great. He worked exclusively with Joe Dante. But what did uh, what, what you got? Um, what about characters? Where we, where, who oh, Lawrence, like? Lawrence Wolsey. I also uh, really like Gene a lot. Gene, uh, the, and did you know the young boy was British that played Gene? I didn't Jean? know that. You, I, you learned that? I was researching. I forgot her name in the movie, but Kathy Moriarty as Lawrence Wolsey's girlfriend. Uh, was it Nora? She played the uh, nurse character. And she's in Matt. Just her voice, Kathy Moriarty's voice is wonderful, mm-hmm. and her attitude is just off the chain. Um, everything in this movie is wonderful. I love it. I like the I like the tension of this movie. It's a very like, um, you know, comedy movie, but there's that tension hanging over. Real tension too. Real, yeah, it's, and it's that's what, the thing. That's the stakes here. The stakes here are high. And what's great is that they maintain the tension even though we know how it turns mm-hmm. out. Like just that first half of that movie before you even get into Mant. Mant. <laughs> you know, there's already tension building up, and you're like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen?" And you're already kind of hooked in. Just with I that. I like the relationship between the two brothers in this movie. I, I thought too. that was so sweet the way that he, you know, uh, when he talked to him about the the missile crisis and all that. And I like I liked the relationship too with the mom and Jean. Right, she treated him very mature. Nothing like was overplayed was in this like, movie. No, yeah, I can't tell you, you know, anything about your dad or what's happened in the real world. Everything was right there, given to right. Them. And I liked that a lot. Right, and these kids didn't know if there was going to be school on Monday. Right. They didn't know if there was going to be school ever again. Right, but you they know. still wanted to go see Matt, a horror movie. Yes. They wanted to go see a horror movie. <laughs> and, you know, as he makes the point, what better time to open it, you know? Exactly. 
so much to recommend in this movie. And as I said, if you haven't seen it, please see it immediately. It, it, I don't want to say it'll change your life, but it will make you very happy for about an hour and a half. Absolutely. And if comedies aren't your thing or, or whatever, you know, oh, oh, horror movie, you know, this is a movie about horror movies. You can tell the love of the slacky B movies is in here. You know, it's funny you say that. My sister had walked in while I was watching this, and she's like, "I thought y'all, I thought y'all did horror movies." I was like, "Well, it's a movie about horror movies." She's like, oh, "Okay, I get it." And it really <laughs> is about horror movies. That's that's the thing. And like I said, I, this gets my highest recommendation. This uh, is one of my favorite movies that we've done on this show. I think, and I think for me too, it's one of the, my favorites I've watched. Absolutely, and it, I don't think it works without the horror movie aspect. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing that makes it so special. Oh, so, absolutely. And we're gonna be doing some more Joe Dante, and uh, he's great. Everything about this is just top notch. I can't, like I said, cannot say enough good things about it. And I sincerely hope for all of you out there that you watch Matinee. And if it's been a while, watch it again and then watch it again and tell all of your friends to watch it because it's great. And this is proof that movies matter to me. Just movies matter. Um, Faith, anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. Well, we um, we are going to take a break uh, as dictated by the studio because we have apparently one more Pat the Tuna bumper. And really? I know we're all looking forward to that. Yeah. At least it's not, you know, an exclamation mark at the end of Patatuna. No, it's Patatuna. Patatuna. <laughs> Patatuna, which apparently Shasta Wick does. So we are going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to wrap this up. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio proudly presents Pat the Tuna in Pat Goes to England. Hi, Mike. I'm Mike O'Kay. I bet you didn't know that. Also bet you didn't know it's raining outside, else you'd have a bumper shoot. You need to get yourself a bumper shoot, mate. A bumper shoot? In the States, we call them hummers. I got a hummer last night from an English bird in a back alley. Oh, Pat. You are a naughty tuna, aren't you? Tune in to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio for a pat tuna Yeah, I bet you didn't know that! Welcome back, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And Faith, you know, complaining from Cozy Corner citizens aside and Pat the Tuna bumpers aside, um, <laughs> I think we've had a really good show tonight, don't you? I think this so. Is, this, has been, this has been a really good show. Yes, it's so, been very fun. Um, we want to thank you for joining us, and we also want to ask you, if, if you don't mind, give us a review on iTunes or any of the streaming platforms that you listen to us on. We're available on all your favorite streaming platforms. We have a lot of episodes. We have This is our 32nd episode, if you can believe that. This is 32nd episode of Late Night Fright. TV Tuesdays out there. Uh, we talk about classic sci-fi and horror, kind of macabre stuff. And then, of course, you know this show. And uh, tonight we talked about the 1954 movie Them. Mm-hmm. Did I do that right? I think you should try it again. Them. That sounded good. That kind of had a little Shatner vibe to it, it did. didn't it? Yeah. Them. <laughs> 
And we also talked about the 1993 Joe Dante movie Matinee starring John Goodman, which is about a booger movie. And Faith, what is the name of the movie in Matinee? Mant. Half man, half ant. All, all terror. terror. <laughs> it is It is really a delightful movie. And seriously, I, I watch both of these movies. They're great. And uh, as I said, we want to uh, thank you again for listening. We want to thank you for the support that you've been showing us and a lot of love that you've been showing us. And we want to give shout outs as, as we do to our friend Rebecca from Impasse Alchemy. That is maybe my favorite podcast of the moment. And she is... Face, she's absolutely delightful, she's isn't wonderful. she? And we hear from her every now and then. We we have a little bit of a correspondence, and she was nice enough. I need to lend you. She sent me a copy of her book, and I need to let you borrow that. Nice. It's her book is wonderful. It's called Too Sensitive. It is available on Amazon. We're not getting a kickback from this, <laughs> but I would like to imagine that Rebecca just heard this and squealed <laughs> and went, "Oh my God, y'all!" <laughs> That's my that's my Rebecca I impression. I'd be surprised if she did. And I want to I want to Faith. You know, I was going to email her this. One of us we were going to email this to her, but should I do it now? Yeah. Should I do it here on the show? Let's do it here. Rebecca, Doctor Rebecca, <laughs> we want you to be on the show. Yes, we do. We want to do a remote with you on the show, and I don't care if we talk about a movie or just, or just, you know, talk to you or, or do an interview or something like that. We, we, we adore her. We, we really do. She knows that. And, and I think it, I think it's mutual and she's just absolutely wonderful. If you're into any of that kind of stuff, she has some answers, some real world answers. She cuts through the new age jargon. She cuts through all of that BS. If you are an HSP or empathic and have some trouble dealing with the world. And it doesn't even really matter if you're that, I think. No, it's, just, it's you just, should still listen to her anyway. It will she's, help improve the quality of your life. And wonderful, and she's delightful and funny and lovely. And we, we do. We love her. We mm-hmm. absolutely love her. We also want to give a shout-out to Mysterious AF. We love them, too. I love their show. And got a message from one of them. They want us to do the burbs, I believe. The message was the burbs, all I got to say. (laughs) So uh, kind of the routine here, uh, we kind of figured out the routine here recently. We're going to do like a classic universal monster or just a monster. And then we're going to do like a slasher picture. And then we're going to do maybe a psychological horror or uh, something. like. And then maybe like a comedy, you know, horror comedy or something, maybe more on the mystery line like we did with Clue. Mm Mm-hmm which I think was a lot of fun. So really, we don't know what we're going to do. We have an idea of what we're going to do. But the Burbs, the next com- I promise you the next comedy that we do will be the Burbs since we did do a Joe Dante here. And uh, Faith, you you have anything else about these movies that we watched tonight? Not that I can think of at the moment. Oh, I do have something. Yes. About Mant. Mant. Do you know what I loved about Mant? Can we talk about some favorite moments from Mant for a second? Oh, so we did favorite moments from, from them. Mant. And we did favorite <laughs> moments from Matinee. Now, we, I'm sorry. Like I should have put movie. it in the note. Yeah, in the notes. Yeah. And by the way, the entire 15 minutes of Mant that is in Matinee, you can watch it on YouTube in order as like a short film. Oh, uh, and I also want to throw out uh, in Mant, uh, 
the older actors were all from B movies of the fifties. Kevin uh, McCarthy was from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The the older doctor was from the Thing from Another World. So there was some real pedigree, and these were buddies of Joe Dante that showed up and and did this for I fun. I didn't know that, so that's even cooler. And then uh, of course Dick Miller playing the uh, the protester. He was in all of his movies. Dick Miller recently passed away and left us. And then the other guy, the tall guy, was John Sayles, great filmmaker, wonderful filmmaker. John Sayles directed a movie called Lone Star starring Matthew McConaughey and Chris Christopherson. That is an absolute must-see. If you haven't seen it out there, definitely check out Lone Star. And you know what? Lone Star actually uh, has enough of a mystery and kind of vibe to it that I think it would qualify for a late-night fright. Put it on the list, Faith. So favorite (laughs) moments from Matt. I was just sitting here thinking about one. when Was she grabbing for the phone, I think, and he comes up behind her? And he just touches her butt with his ant hands. When he gooses her with the ant hands? Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. My favorite Matt moment is when um, the, the the jokey joke is when she says, uh, why can't they see the man? Why must they see the insect inside? And he goes, insecticide. <laughs> just the bad. You had texted me your favorite moments puns. before I got there. And as soon as I got to them, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I see what he's talking about. And there's a moment where he's grown to a full size mat and he's on the side of a building. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing thinking about it. Um, just the visual of it was so funny, and the general goes, hey, what do we call that? She goes, Bill, because that's his name. <laughs> it's so schlocky, and I want to see this movie I in the worst too. way. Joe Dante needs to do this movie before he leaves this world. I, I absolutely love it. you have anything else from uh, oh. from Matt or Matinee or, or them? That All of it is just so great, and if you haven't seen Matinee or them, you have to see it. You have to see both of them. I would recommend, and we're going to link to it because we started doing show notes. Ooh, we're getting all professional here at the Late Night Fright. Um, we're going to link to the show notes. They're available on uh, the Podbean app and as well as our, our website, latenightfright.com. I'm going to link in the show notes a link to that YouTube video of the 15 minutes of Matt. Not only do they have the 15 minutes, then they actually have a preview for it as well, which is which is a whole lot of fun. And You're I'm seri- have to send those to And I'm serious, guys, out, guys and girls out there, boogers out there, it, it is so ridiculously fun. And if you haven't seen this, you don't realize that it's missing from your life. It's... <laughs> It is it is it is too much fun. So, uh, Rebecca, if you're out there listening, we want you to watch matinee or at least the 15 minutes of Matt, and uh, we want you to talk about it uh, when you come on the show because we <laughs> I really just want to hear what she has to say about it. Me too. Oh my God, y'all, man! She, she does that little sing song. I love that sing song thing. And when I email her, I actually do that in the email. I'll I'll write Rebecca real long and then put sing song up and down, like <laughs> up and down. She seriously, uh, Impasse Alchemy and Mysterious AF. If you're not listening to these podcasts, please check them out. Mysterious AF is more on like documentaries and and you know supernatural stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's right up my alley. They have so much fun. You can tell they have so much fun doing that show, and I feel like these two shows are kind of the uh, brother sister show to to this show in a lot of ways. You know, I, it, I know it might sound a little out there, and I don't know if they feel that way, but I feel that way. So, <laughs> and how I feel. Is what's important, isn't right. it? Right. <laughs> Whatever Matt. man feels, right? <laughs> I got to get some points because Faith's been making fun of my USB Jewel uh, uh-huh. vape pen. But, you know, she says the mango smells delicious. So that's. And I don't actually like mango. So. Yeah, there you go. You know. So, Faith, 
Faith, look who look who just walked in. Look who walked in. Hey, Bobby. Hey, you guys. How's it going? Bobby, what's wrong, man? Sit down. Sit down, Bobby. You sound you seem a little down. You guys so like, you know that Path of Tuna guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've been yeah, we've been getting called well, we haven't gotten any calls about Path of Tuna tonight. Yeah, Dan, what's wrong with you with that murder she wrote thing? Like Angela Lansbury is like America's favorite old fart. You think she's like really out there like killing the people? Come on, Dan. She lacks the physical prowess to do it. I think you're off your rocker on this one, my man. No, Bobby, watch the show. It's all there. She's she's Hannibal Lecter and uh. In, maybe I need to watch the show and maybe she's Miss Marple by way Hannibal think. Lecter. I'm telling you, that's why I'm a Matlock fan. Yeah, well, I do like Andy Griffith. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, you guys, they had me take out Pat the Tuna, you know, because you know Pat the Tuna is going to be close and Afterglow. You know, the show comes on after late night fright. He's going to be co-hosting that show with me, and you you guys know I really don't like having co-hosts mm-hmm. on the show. You know, Faith, you co-hosted the show with me one time, right? I mean, I went mm-hmm. fine, but like we're like best friends, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, this guy, you guys, this guy is a total skis. You know what I did? You guys want to know what I did? What'd you do? Did, did you take him to Hooters, Bobby? <laughs> well, yeah, I took him to Hooters. I mean, I was going to Hooters. So I was like, hey, you want to come to Hooters? So we went to Hooters. You know what he was doing? He's so disrespectful, this perverted tuna fish. He was slapping these Hooters girls on the ass. You know, it wasn't nice, and you want to know what he did? And, I mean, you know, like, I know all these girls personally. You know, like, one of them I'm putting through college. But, anyway, uh, one of them... uh. You know, he he told one of them. He goes, uh, he goes, oh, hey, baby, uh, I don't know why you're working at Hooters. You should come work at my restaurant. And and, and then I was, she was like, oh, well, what's the name of your restaurant? And he was like, it's called Hot Rods, and it's in my pants. And you know, Faith, you know, like you do that. That's what she said thing, you know. And that's like all mm-hmm. sweet, you know. But like, like this one very nice, you know, because he was, you know, you know, he was talking about his penis. You know, I don't know if you figured that out, but that's what he was talking about. I think we got that. Yeah, Bobby, we. We got it. Oh, my God, you guys, here he comes. Oh, jeez, here he comes. Oh, Faith, look, he really, he's a, he's a tuna. Are you, are you Pat the Tuna? Yeah, I'm Pat the Tuna. Come on and sit down. Oh, it's really great to be here on Late Night Fright and, uh, I'd like to tell you and your audience a joke, if that's all right. Faith, I don't, do you have a problem? No. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourself. Uh, you can't say that no. on this show. You should apologize to, to Faith and, and to our listeners. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Can I try that again? I guess so. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fuck me. Dude, no, you <laughs> No. You guys see what I have been dealing with all night? And WKMF hired this guy to do a show. Yeah, I'm real proud of the show. I've been playing the bumpers all night. But uh, what I'd really like to do now is uh, tell a few jokes if that's all right. No, it's, it's really not all right. No. But I guess we don't really have much of a choice, do we? Do we face? I guess not. Hey, you guys, I'm just going to go ahead and leave the room now because this ain't going to be nice. And I suggest you follow me. No, Bobby, I'd, I'd like, Faith, I'd li- actually like to hear the, the jokes, wouldn't you? Sure. All right. Here we go. What's long and hard <laughs> and full of semen? <laughs> What's long and hard and full of semen? Faith, I, I don't know. <laughs> A submarine <laughs> and my wang 
on that note, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. I'm just gonna leave faith. Me you. Too, yeah. Wait, you didn't hear my next joke? Oh, that's a good one too. What did one saggy boob say to the other? Oh, what? If we don't get some support soon, they're gonna think we're nuts. I told you guys you should go. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and You're go. Ready. Look ready at the. Go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Look, the phone lines are are lighting up. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Pat, you're uh, you're on your own for this one. I am Dan, and, I am and we want you to keep your you're monster, monster on, a on a leash or your tuna. Yeah. Pat, it's it's all yours. We're out of here. Wow, radio show. This is so great. I got so many jokes. Wow. All right, phone. Let me take. Let me take this phone call. Okay. You're on the air with WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Uh, you got a joke for me? Hey, this is uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, hey, I am the man from Nantucket. Oh, I get it. I get what you're saying. Hey, did you ever hear that broccoli joke I told on Letterman? Killed. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty good. Hey, I got some priest jokes. Yeah, I got a lot of those too. So, are you calling to complain about me? No, I think you're really funny. I was calling to give Dan some crap about the uh, murder she wrote thing. By the way, that knock knock joke is killer. You think you could teach it to me? Oh, yeah, sure. Here it is. Knock knock. Go f*** yourself.